Oh, yeah. This is the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Inside the ring. Outside the ring. It's all here. We're talking about the greatest sport of all, professional wrestling. Now, here's your host, the cream of the crop, Nick Dieterding. Come on. Welcome back to the Universal Wrestling Podcast. My name is Nick Dieterding. His name is Chris Dunn, and we have a very lovely guest on the show today, Chelsea Green. Chelsea, thanks for coming on. How are you? Thanks for having me. I mean, um, yeah, you could call me Chelsea Green or about the 101 other names I've had in the past (laughs) seven years. (laughs) Chris, this is the last week of the fundraiser. Do you want to say anything before we get started? Yeah, I think this um, I think this podcast is dropping tomorrow, Friday, uh, the twentieth. Um, we will be taking donations for the Le- Leukemia and Lymphoma Society up until noon on Sunday. Um, the wrestling community has been great. The uh, AEW auction item. I'm waiting on the final figures now that that's closed. But um, right before closing yesterday, it was at five thousand dollars. We're um, as a as a team. Our team is approaching $100,000. So please, like, you know, everyone's been really great about this. If you haven't donated, like whether it's $5, a dollar, $10, um, do whatever you can. It just means a lot. Absolutely. And Chelsea, we really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on and helping us uh, support such an amazing cause and making, you know, awareness for such a great uh, cause. So thank you. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go it's ahead, awesome, Chris. Uh, it's awesome to get to speak to you because like, um, you know, at WWE, we didn't really get to work together too much. Like you were on my my call list briefly, kind of during the end of my time there. But one thing I always remember about you, um, like in particular, is like at NXT, uh, when whether or not you had anything on the show or not, you were always in the promo rooms at Full Sail and then the Performance Center, working on different characters, always putting in great work um probably more so than like anyone else there and I think it really shows like in the the character you're doing now yeah I mean that's something that I have slowly learned I was trying to figure out I think for the better half of my career like what's my thing you know as a wrestler what what's what's your thing um Deanna's thing is that she's an amazing, amazing wrestler, like technical wrestler. Um, A lot of people are high flyers or whatever, whatever their little like niche is. And I finally learned coming to WWE and NXT, like, okay, my thing is actually my character work. And it doesn't actually need, I don't need to be some amazing wrestler. I don't need to be able to do a million things. If, if what I do, I do well, which is the character stuff and speaking and coming up with ideas and stuff like that. And, and WWE was really good at at helping me, you know, just kind of be able to like blow that up. Cause I just really didn't know that that's what I was good at until I got there. Yeah. It's, it was always frustrating because like your, your call up was right around when the pandemic started and, you know, at, at the time, you know, you were going to come to Raw and everyone was like so excited to have you because when you have a three-hour show, kind of like really, really like fulfill that need that's like important of like being able to, like a, uh, somebody who can do character work can really carry a thread throughout the night. Um, and unfortunately, like obviously the world changed in such a big way where it was like harder to do people, but like, you know, it's, 
it was, you were somebody who everyone was really excited about. And like, you know, I, after you left, I heard you do a podcast where I wanted to bring something up to you, where uh, you were kind of talking about how you're worried because you're always pitching ideas that you're going <laughs> on people's nerves. Like it was, yeah. fact, it was like, it was the opposite. Um, because like a lot of times, like, and I think this holds a lot of wrestlers back, like they'll just pitch like, you know, the, the old Bob Holly story of like, hey, like right where I win the title, you were pitch, pitching actual characters and actual like stories and very smart things and really kind of saw like a lane that I think is really like, like putting you in such a good position today. I mean, that's the thing. I worried for so long, but I worried that I was annoying people. But at the same time, I also didn't care. Like, I also knew that you hired me for one reason. You didn't hire me. I did not hire you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I... (laughs) I am, I was a, a writer or AKA middleman. Uh, <laughs> you as in the beast that yeah. is the company hired me because of my character work, right? You didn't yeah. like, you didn't hire me because I can do a uh, 450 or whatever. So then I just thought like, once I kind of let go of caring and being worried, that's when I was like, I came up with, I think very creative ideas, whether people like them or not, at least it gives people ideas and it gives people um, the, the feeling that, okay, she's not just sitting home collecting a paycheck. She's actually thinking about these things on her days off or on the days that she should be on TV, which I mean, if I was running a company, I would want people on my side like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way. And like, you know, we were always, we, you weren't the only person coming up. We're trying to generate ideas for a lot of different people. Um, and I just remember like, you know, we kind of, on the main roster or watching your promos that you cut because you know at the time Heyman was running raw oh, and like he's he, my he, biggest supporter yeah he is he was such a big advocate for you um and like we're all brainstorming ideas like one idea I pitched him was essentially like you know back in the day if you look at like the 80s probably like wrestling essential like or the stories that really do well are relationship stories yeah and like you kind of look at the 80s the best relationship that you could never pay off was Hogan and Mean Gene. And at one point I pitched like, do we make Chelsea an interviewer on Raw for like six to nine months as a way to kind of get her into a program with Becky? Um, and like, that's one, like one thing I was like advocating like in a, a big way. Unfortunately, again, like everything changed, but it kind Wouldn't of feels- like- have been awesome though. And do you know what's funny is that that's a storyline that I have kept in my back pocket to pitch over and over again because I also um when I was coming up in wrestling thought maybe wrestling isn't for me maybe I like doing backstage stuff because that's kind of a passion of mine so that's really funny that that's something that you had suggested too because that would have been so on my wavelength yeah yeah like just relationship stuff is like so so great it's kind of one of the reasons why you know I'm I'm excited to kind of see where your career goes with Dion and Britt because I feel like the three of you together in a story is one day going to make somebody hopefully you know a lot of money. So I hope so. I really hope so, and I love that people are finally realizing that this is this is a a friendship that you know goes back quite a way, and we've come up together, and it's been kind of a crazy journey for all of us. Yeah, it's, it's, you guys have like complement each other so well. How did you, when did you first meet both of them? 
So we all kind of met around the same time. We were all coming up and getting trials with WWE around 2015, right before yeah. I did Tough Enough is when I, the funny thing is we didn't live anywhere close to each other. I'm from the West coast of Canada. Deanna's from New Jersey and, um, and Britt is from Pennsylvania. So we actually only connected through social media, but we were always advocating for each other. Like no matter what show I went to, if they asked who I wanted to work, I always said one of those two and they did the same thing. And slowly, but surely we would work each other on all these indie shows. And, and we realized we, we built a friendship through social media, but we realized like, you really can't get far in this industry unless you support each other. And, and you kind of have a good group of girls. I mean, especially for women's wrestling, you need a good group of girls to, to travel with, to trust, to rely on for all these things. Um, and a lot of our best bookings have come from suggesting each other for everything. I mean, even at, even at, at WWE and NXT, like Deanna and I were really pushing to do stuff together, even though we are so opposite in the ring, because we knew that that friendship is, is real. And now, um, you know, Brits at AEW pushing really hard to have Deanna on as a joker or have me on, like come in and do stuff with her. And that's, yeah. I mean, it's now we're, we're going like seven years strong with friendship. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I remember, I think we were in like Iowa maybe and Deanna had like a match and like these, I saw you two after and like, it was such like an emotional moment. I think Deanna was working on Oscar yep. and it was just like, you can't there's a lot of you know there's a lot of unfortunately worked friendships in this business but it's such a real genuine one where it's just very nice to see and I think your conversations together and everything you guys do on social media it really comes across the fans in such a good way and that's like I, I actually think that that people really did maybe think it was like a worked friendship for yeah. a while but but I think COVID exposed good things and bad things in, in everything in life. And I think one thing it really did was bring the three of us together and also let the, the people know like, oh no, we, we actually live eight minutes away from each other. I live three minutes from Deanna, eight minutes from Brit. We talked last night at one in the morning. We talk every single day. Like that is a very, very real friendship that, um, you know, they were my bridesmaids and it's not going oh. anywhere, whether we wrestle or not. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah so nice to see like um and so since you've left WWE I feel like I feel there's like a group of people like Deanna Matt you um who have just kind of like kind of become their own brand in a way like what is like the biggest lesson you've learned because it kind of feels like no matter what promotion you're working what event you're working like you've kind of become your own thing in like a, a really cool, interesting way. I really think that the one thing that I've always lived by, and I don't even think anyone, I think I just figured it out as I went, but, but it's totally fake it till you make it. And, <laughs> and like, I will forever be faking it until I make it. I don't know when making it is because I think when I hit the, the make it mark, I change what that is. But like, I was so sad when I was released by WWE, but I totally faked that like, no, this wasn't going to phase me. And I put myself out there right away. And I, I 
probably 10 minutes after I got fired, I was already in contact with Ring of Honor and with um, Impact and NWA because I was totally like faking it until I debuted again and made it again. And, and every time I go out into the, the audience for a, a match, I'm totally like putting on that mask of confidence. And, and I don't think anyone is as confident in themselves as they make themselves out to be, but fake it till you make it. And, and I feel like it works really. And, you know, like the, the brand that is me is hopefully just going to grow because I'm confident in myself, or at least I'm going to say I am. Yeah, that's great advice. I always kind of look at like making it as like retirement. <laughs> I, know, like, I, I really think it might be retirement or, or maybe it's like when you buy your dream home, like, I don't know what it is because I do think that people in this industry, like in kind of the show business industry, whatever they do, they're always looking for the next best thing. When they hit a goal, they, they set another goal. And I think that's why we're all here, right? Is because everyone is just looking for the next best thing in a good way, in a, yeah. in a good way. Absolutely. Um, we had Scotty Tuhati on the program a couple of weeks ago, and he said your husband was an inspiration for him to get back onto the independent circuit. I want to know your thoughts on, you know, the impact of your husband, because it's, it's a big deal and it's awesome to see. I mean, I have just seen this amazing evolution in, in five years of, of being with him because I really, I knew his potential. Of course I knew his potential. Like I, I loved him. So yeah. I I knew what he was going to be able to do, but he was never able to do it at WWE. And it was so unfortunate. He had these amazing times, these amazing moments and moments that nobody can take away from him that a lot of fans cherish, but like, that's nothing compared to what he did the minute he left. And he has really helped me. Um, I think we've kind of helped each other, like just keep going. I mean, he is nonstop, whether it's his podcast, it's like making new business ventures, putting on his own shows, going and getting himself booked. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And um, I'm just so happy that the world gets to see now what I always saw. You know, I think everyone yeah, of course. put him in a bubble or a little box as like, this is Zack Ryder and he's always going to be a baby face. And it's such a silly thing to think, right? Because the rest of us, we, we ebb and flow and we are good guys and bad guys, but he just never, he never was able to experience that. And, um, and I'm, I knew he could do it. And I'm so happy that the rest of the world is along for the ride. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy that the things that he's done is just like, I, we could have never imagined that he was going to trend over the Olympics or UFC. Like it's just yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, he, I, under, I understand why it's like, it was hard for people to turn him heel because like, he has like universal approval rating of like a hundred more so than most people like, <laughs> whether it's wrestlers, producers, writers, crew members, catering, he's a beloved person. And like, yes. one of the things I always respected about him, like, and unfortunately I didn't have a chance to work with him all that much, but like, as a fan he always maximized whatever tv time he had like they there was like a collapsible segment on raw uh one 
I think it was like maybe 2019 and like him and Hawkins went out for a tag and they, there was a pre-match promo in gorilla and it was like literally 30 seconds, something was thrown at them. And like, they came up with the idea of essentially like, you know, they haven't been out in, in the arena in a while, like wondering if they still have pyro after pyro has been killed by WWE. I remember that. And they get like so psyched and they go, like you see them walking over to the ring. It's just like, you know, it's 30 seconds, but it's such an enjoyable moment where like it really brings you in. And I think the people that are smart enough to see that like every single second you're on TV, it counts, are smart enough to maximize it. And like, I think now what you're seeing him do is somebody who knows how to maximize everything, every time he is in the public. And that's, that's actually exactly it. There's been a lot of times where he has to remind me and it's so silly, but like, no, you, you should get a spray tan. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's like this little indie show, like what if someone sees you? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's annoying. But I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah. Right. Like he's always done that. He does it on every show, on every pre-tape, on um, every TV segment, on his podcast, on, on the internet, like, and he's always done that. And that's another thing, another kind of reason why I think it was always hard to imagine him as a heel was because he's so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. He might be big and jacked and and tan, but like at the end of the day, like his heart and his soul is, he's just a wrestling nerd. Like he's just every other person that sits there and watches. He loved wrestling. He loved action figures. And like, he's just continuing to do that, but he's just grown up. And I think that that's like a really likable quality about him. Yeah, obviously he has a a very long in-ring career left too, but he's a person who I think is going to be phenomenal behind the scenes when you know he decides to hang it up just because well let's see because he hates teaching people really he that's one like fact about him like that's something that really differs um brian myers or hawkins from matt is brian is such an amazing teacher and matt's like i hate teaching people so it's going to be really interesting (laughs) where matt goes um uh, one uh one question uh to kind of looking at overall wrestling our friends at the public enemies podcast wanted me to ask uh when they they heard you were having we were having you on was um how does it make you feel like all the changes to women's wrestling over the past 10 years like could you believe everything that like you know women are now inventing wrestlemania like it's you know, NXT, for example, used like 25 women in a two-hour show, which like 10 years ago would be unheard of. AEW's building their women's division in such a big way. Like, how do you, how do you feel like things have changed? And also like, where do you, where do you think things that kind of need to go in the future? I think the turning point really, and I realized this quickly was around 2014 with Emma versus Paige. Like yeah. that really was the turning point, right? Like the whole hashtag and everything. Um, I really think it's only gone up from there. And it's funny because in that moment in 2014, going into 2015, I remember thinking like, gosh, I, I wonder what's going to happen from this. And then we got, we got longer matches. And then I thought, Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And then we got two matches on a show. It's so hard to even try to figure out like, where are we going next like I don't know because there there are certain things where I'm like oh maybe there could be an all-girls show but that's been tossed around and we've heard rumors of that and things 
oh, maybe, maybe women could main event WrestleMania. And then that's happened. Like it's so mind blowing. And I don't even know where we could possibly go from here because I think it's just a matter of like, let's just ride this really awesome wave that's going uphill and see what happens. I mean, I, there's a lot of people that absolutely love intergender wrestling. Um, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, I've had a lot of intergender matches. I love them. Um, and then I've also seen some intergender matches that really like freak me out. And so I, I go both ways, but I think, I think making maybe intergender wrestling more mainstream might be something that a lot of women, if you ask them this question would say they, 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 at the end of the day, I think women just want to be treated as equals. And so once, um, that pay scale equals out, and once we kind of treat women the same way we treat men I mean then but it's so hard because even then we're gonna be thinking of like what's next after that I mean I just got powerbombed through a table by big cast the other day and the amount of strange comments from men saying like that impact shouldn't do that and I just thought like but would we say that about a man like I'm training the same way uh, you know, every other man is in that ring getting powerbombed. I'm actually bigger than a lot of the dudes in Impact. Like, I'm taller and bigger than probably Chris Bay and Trey. So there's like all these little things that I'm like, I think we could still, we could still get there. We could still work on it, but we're just doing so well that I couldn't. If you had have asked me in 2014 if I thought all of this was possible, that Sasha and Bailey would have one of the best matches we've ever seen. Period. Like. I just wouldn't have even imagined it. Yeah, it's wild. And it's uh, it's such great progress. I remember like, you know, when Sasha, Charlotte. Did I say Sasha and Bailey? You know, I meant Sasha and Bianca. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Sasha's had a lot of good matches. So you know what? I will say that Sasha and and Bailey in that match at NXT. Also one of the best matches. So yeah. Yeah. It's all, all three of them are, are awesome. And like, just it's it's great when they have that platform to really show what they can do you know hey chelsea i know uh last week uh rumors i don't know i i i'm assuming they're true but sasha and naomi walked out of monday night raw what are your thoughts on something like that well i mean it's really hard to kind of like pass judgment because (sighs) for so many different reasons i mean i wish i knew more of the story we're slowly kind of figuring it out um I think it's really unfortunate that it was posted online um I think that that's strange and it it made it almost made us all feel like is it real yeah is it not um I've kind of slowly learned that yes it is real I've always been one that felt like you should stick up for yourself um I you know I won the impact title in 2000 and 18 hope I'm right with that 2018 (laughs) and I asked for my release that night with sitting in bed with the title in my lap like there are just some moments in your life that you've made a decision and you can't go back you know you just have to stick to your guns maybe that's what happened to them I don't know you know and then on the other hand here I am and I don't have a job And I wish I was in any position 
where I don't even care if I have to lay down and, and get pinned. I wish I had that job. So I go back and forth, but at the end of the day, like if that's, if that's something that they felt they needed to do, you have to stick to it. You can't back out. If that's what you feel, then you better flip and feel it till the end until you get into your car and you go home. And you know what I mean? Like yeah, stick absolutely. to your guns kind of thing. Yeah. More power to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, you know, Chelsea, like with, with where you are now, like what for the next year you've, it's really been like an amazing ride watching you. Like you've had great matches against so many people. Like I'm glad like you and Mickey finally got to you know be in the ring together. Um, what are your kind of goals for the next year for yourself? I think my main goal really is to, you know, I've always wanted to transcend wrestling. I think a lot of us feel that way, but I felt like that was my goal from the beginning. I loved wrestling, but I didn't grow up as a huge diehard fan. I grew up with a love for just like entertaining people and character work. And I fell into wrestling um, because it was something that, that kind of called to me in that moment. So I think that one thing I want to do this year, because I have so much freedom and I, I really, I really don't have any company holding me down. I'm not contracted to anyone. I just want to work on character work and I've been taking acting classes. So whether that means auditioning for roles, whether it means going out there and, and trying to be a host of a TV show or a YouTube show or a game show or something, just doing things outside of wrestling that really are going to, I hope, benefit me in the long run and also, you know, benefit my in-ring career wherever I end up. But at this point, I mean, I'm a free agent, so I can really do whatever I want. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Awesome, man. Like I, with, I think like the one thing as we kind of start wrapping up, like I hope people just realize like when it comes to, first off, like if you have to be, if you're going to be successful in this field, you have to be like all, all in and really bust your ass. And it's one of the reasons I've always had a lot of respect for your Chelsea and was excited to have you on just because you are a hard worker. You put sweat equity in and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where your career goes. Thank you. One thing that I always tell people when like they ask me about, you know, like what's one piece of advice, it's always just like set your goals. That's great. We should all have goals and bigger goals and bigger goals. But like, I think, I think that while you take that journey to your goal, realize that all the stops along the way are actually the things you're going to look back on and be really thankful for. Because I tried for, you know, five years, six years to get to, to WWE. And I look back now and I think like, yes, I got to WWE and that was amazing. But actually winning the impact title, being one of the only women on all in main eventing against Pentagon on Lucha Underground, you know, doing all these things along the way are actually like what makes me, me and what makes my career mine and special. And, you know, people, people forget that. And that's just something like, I always want people to remember, just stop focusing on the goal and just like, enjoy the flipping journey. That's, that's smart. And like, I think like one thing that really benefits you and some of the other people we spoke about too, is like, when you're, you know, that, a lot of, a lot of the biggest wrestlers in history, like they would work from like territory to territory, 
now everything's like very a little bit different for you bouncing around to all the things you just said is really just gonna it's one of the reasons you're such a great performer and like you know have such a good mind for the business thank you thanks guys yeah i think that's a great way to end the show chelsea thank you so much for coming on again to support such an amazing cause give the people what they want how can they find you oh my gosh this is the worst part of interviews for me because I hope I get it right. Yeah. Lord only knows if I do. I, I think my Instagram is at Chelsea A Green and my Twitter is at, at I'm Chelsea Green. But you know what? Yeah, just Google. If it's not, then you're welcome to the Chelsea Greens that I just tagged. There you go. Chris, last week of the fundraiser, I'm going to give it to you. End it here, brother. What do we got? Yeah. Uh... It ends on Sunday, the 22nd at noon. Uh, the link will be in the promotion for this podcast. And hey, if you're a dirt sheet and you're covering this, you know, you always always link it too. There's there's no harm, no foul. There you we know, go. We're giving you content. You can you know, give us a little. Cool. Well, thank you again. Peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Check us out on the web at uwpod.com. You've got mail. Or send us an email. We really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. Info at uwpod.com. Universal Wrestling Podcast. Nobody does it better.